Have you ever thought about what it takes to grow an impressive following on social media platforms like YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn? How about the effort and strategy behind turning that following into a source of income? Welcome to the Influencer Breakdown Podcast with your hosts, Dan Pinkard and Jake Potter Rivera. This is your place to hear from and learn about the people who have made it as influencers. Well, hello there, and welcome to another week of the Influencer Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. And I am Dan. This week, we're going to um, actually take a little different look. We're going to look at three unique individuals, uh, probably a couple minutes per each individual. But uh, one thing they all have in common is that they're pre- they're relevant black creators. And of course, this is in response and in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is very... Um, relevant here in the U.S. right now and in the world. Yeah. And so Jacob and I were talking about uh, how we can show support to the movement, to the black community uh, in the midst of everything that's going on. And, um, you know, it can be hard. We're we're both white and um, it can be hard to find ways to support the black community. Uh, So we've just been racking our brain to figure out different ways. My wife and I have been donating to some causes. We've been promoting causes on our social media. We've been talking to people personally, um, family, friends, trying to engage in the conversations. And uh, so Jacob and I decided that this would be a good way to use our podcast in in support of the movement. Yeah. So we want to stay with the same traditional format of being able to highlight some amazing creators. And and we don't want to diminish at all what these people have done. Instead, what we'd like to do is um, lift them up and what their platforms have become, knowing that not only are they amazing, uh, just just great creators, but also that they've stepped up and they've used their platforms in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. They've become examples and role models to the community. Uh, and I think that that's something super special that deserves to be recognized. And and uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. So the first person that we are going to be talking about is Mark. Go ahead. After you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marquise Brownlee, otherwise known as MKBHD on YouTube. Yeah, so just to kind of throw out right right in the beginning a few stats of his, he has 11.3 million subscribers on YouTube, 2.5 million on Instagram, and 3.9 million on Twitter. So very big. Obviously, you've probably heard of him. You've probably seen his videos. Yeah, let me just say personally, I have subscribed to Marquise Brownlee. I mean, since I was a a kid just because i mean i love his content i think that uh for anybody who's interested in tech youtubers um he is just the biggest name and not not necessarily because he has the biggest channel which i'm not sure i think he he definitely has within the top five biggest tech channels if not the biggest um but what is what is amazing about him is that his video quality has always stood out and everybody who watches mkbhd knows that this guy produces the high i mean he's the guy who who kind of started the movement of using the eighty thousand dollar red camera for a youtube studio you know not because (laughs) not because he knew that you needed that big of a camera to start a channel because he didn't start with that but because he just appreciated the quality of content that that could create for him and help him produce yeah and, and i haven't watched a lot of his videos but i know you you have talked to me a lot about things that he has said and tech that he's reviewed and so uh, I know he knows what he's talking about, and his videos are really high quality. Uh, but that's that's interesting for me because I do photography and videography, and I've seen a lot of YouTubers talk about the red camera, 
but I didn't know that he was the first one to kind of start using that for YouTube. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was specifically the very first person to do it, but he definitely was one of the people who were in the in the uh, midst of popularizing that whole that whole style of of turning just basic, you know, YouTube home filming. A lot of people just doing it on a camcorder or on their cell phone into let's make this a production level quality, you know, really just high, high, high um, quality, you know, right. videos yeah. here. And, and MKBHD, I mean, he's kind of known notoriously for for even though YouTube doesn't even support it, he, he puts out 8K videos just because he just thinks like there's just so much more information. It's so much better to to work with. And I, I think that it's all, all at once. It's it's hilarious and it's awesome because it's like it's so, so like ridiculously overboard on how high quality your videos have to be. But then also like you see it, you know, his fans have come to know that and love that format. Um, personally, I mean, I only I love tech YouTubers, and there are actually quite a few that I subscribe to or that I that I watch frequently. But I'll only subscribe to ones, even if I watch them frequently. I'll only subscribe to them if I really like want to see every single video they put out. And MKBHD is one of the few that I actually subscribe to, and genuinely, because even if he's talking about a boring product, he he is doing it in a really interesting way, and the quality of his video is so high. Yeah, I mean that's the important thing to do in, in when you're a YouTuber, especially in reviews, because you know not all of your subscribers care about every product, and uh, a lot of the times review videos are more targeted towards search than they are towards your subscribers, and so you have to find a way to engage your subscribers even if they aren't searching for that product that you're reviewing, and so he does that really well where he he's engaging, he's interesting. So you don't necessarily have to be searching for the product he's reviewing to be interested in his videos about that product. Yeah, uh, just the other day he put out a video on, he was reviewing a, it was a sponsored video by Buick and he was reviewing a new Buick car. Um, and I'm definitely a, uh, kind of a car enthusiast and I'm, you know, I love learning about tech and cars and whatnot. And I'll tell you something, I can't think of very many motor companies more boring than Buick <laughs> but, but you know yeah. but to to be fair I have seen a lot of their commercials recently and they're trying to do a good job putting tech in their cars to take them into like you know so that the younger generations will start will start driving them um and and the truth is like I'm I'm thinking to myself the entire time man this is such a boring car but this is a good video because he's just doing such a good job talking about it and making it interesting for the viewer and it's so funny to just see how he does that but genuinely genuinely I think everybody who watches him and knows of his platform knows that the core of what he does is high quality videos yes he does tech reviews yes he does you know yes he's a personality yes he he has you know so many things going for him but the core is that he gives incredibly high quality content not just in in looks and picture and sound but also in what he's actually putting on screen is is of quality you know he's very selective with what goes out there um he he's very careful to make sure that that you know the the viewers would actually somewhat be interested in the things that he's reviewing and he makes sure that that he, his videos are just of the utmost quality yeah um and so obviously he's he's a great youtuber he's very successful very interesting um do you want to talk a little bit about his interviews? Yeah, I'll talk. So some of the just some of the impressive things when I was, you know, really looking into to figuring out what we could talk about with MKBHD, um, what really stood out for me 
that's that that really like shows that he's kind of above and beyond other tech YouTubers is his 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 outreach, the platform that he has. And so some of the, like the interview accolades that he has, some of the people that he's been able to interview, which is just so impressive for being a YouTuber. You'd normally only attribute these kind of interviews with like mainstream media companies. But yeah, so with his interviews, I mean, I think that it's just so impressive who he's been able to, to, to have a platform with. And, and like, I'll just give a few that I think are super impressive. So he was able to interview the CEO of Motorola. Um, he was able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I think he actually is like now sort of friends with and is able to communicate with back and forth. He's interviewed Will Smith. He's had a personal interview and factory tour with Elon Musk, you know, the CEO wow. of Tesla. So, I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, we were just He's talking about Tesla, like how yeah, literally. exciting of a company they are. Yeah, and when it comes to techs, or sorry, tech and cars, there's nothing more, you know, there's no company that does it better than Tesla. I mean, he's had these amazing conversations with people he's got in front of, you know, in front of so many people. I think that it really helps him stand out amongst all tech YouTubers because his platform has been seen as such a, a relevant thing, even in the mainstream world of tech and in media and whatnot. Um, arguably, he is the most notable tech YouTuber alive. And I'll give you something, I'll give you something that really speaks on that. Um, according to Wikipedia, which I I know Wikipedia is my favorite source, but uh, <laughs> in August 2013, um, the former uh, senior vice president um, for social for Google called Marquise Brownlee the best technology reviewer on the planet right now. And it actually goes further than that. Every single year, MKBHD puts out video a video of the, uh, the uh, smartphone awards. And basically, he breaks down certain categories and he comes up with what is the best smartphone camera, the best smartphone screen, the best smartphone under a certain amount of money. But he basically gives out a bunch of smartphone awards and then he ends it with the best smartphone of that year. And a few years ago, I think he, he crowned the Google Pixel, I think it was the Pixel 3, as the best smartphone of the year. And Google actually reached out to him and said, hey, if you don't mind, we would like the award. Like, they wanted the physical copy of the award just because they valued, like, that was actually a valuable wow. award to them, you know? Yeah. That's kind of crazy, because he, he does actually make the awards, and he gives a little a little notice at the end of the video that if you're a company and you want the award, you're welcome to come and get it. Obviously, the, the award that's never collected is the worst smartphone of the year, but, but Google like actually had reached out and said like, Hey, we actually want that award. Like we'd like to display that. Take, take a tour through Google headquarters and see the Mar Marquise Brownlee's award up on the wall. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. And since then I've actually seen a Google pixel ad that, you know how they'll put like those little quotations from tech or media companies about the product that I've seen Google ads that use his quotes about the quality of the product to, to, show the world and i'm like wow to think that your youtube channel has become that big of a platform that a company like google recognizes it as a as a reliable good quality source to use as a review for their phones <laughs> i mean yeah. that's amazing <laughs> yeah and, and i mean you know those those people he had interviews with their time is very valuable like they're they're yeah. not they're not just having interviews with people left and right just because they are very strategically they they probably have a team of people just trying to decide who's worth having an interview with yeah, so especially people like elon musk and bill gates yeah yeah there, there's probably nobody more notable on the planet right now that 
that has limited time than Elon Musk. And he interviewed Elon Musk in like the midst of the Model 3 production crisis, which, you know, was talk, you know there were reports of him working 50 hours a week and actually sleeping on the floor of the factory to get get the production rolling. And he was able to squeeze in some time to have that interview during that. That's hmm. amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, uh, MKBHD, he, he's he's. You know, a wonderful guy. He's got a genuine personality. He's definitely done some wonderful humanitarian causes um, throughout his, you know, use his platform for that. Yeah. He ha- just stands out as the top tech YouTuber. He's also a professional Ultimate Frisbee player. Which yeah, is I, saw, something. I saw yeah, that in the a, show it's notes. It's something so cool. Um, and uh, I think that he played last, he played for the team in Phoenix. Um, I know he played for a New Jersey and a New York team that have now gone defunct. Um, but, you know, he and, and then where this all comes back to is how these creators have been able to leverage their platforms most recently for the Black Lives Matter movement. So MKBHD, he's, he's obviously a black gentleman and and he has taken the stance, which I think is so impressive. And he mentioned this in his video. He posted a video uh, just about last week from when we we're recording this talking about refl- it's entitled Reflecting on the Color of My Skin, which was a um, which was the same name as a post by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he talks about how Neil deGrasse Tyson is the one who inspired him to really stand up and, and make a, make a uh, statement on this. Um, but, you know, he he went what I want to say is that he really went like into a territory that was that was just it's it's scary for 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 creators who have built huge platforms to go into this territory of. You know, I'm going to take a stance on a cause that for some reason people consider controversial, even though genuinely there's no reason for it to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take a stance on that and I'm going to step up and, and defend and, and, and speak out for, for my community and for the blacks around the world. And um, I think that it's just so impressive to see somebody with him. You know, he, he talks about how, you know, there's always going to be those critics who say, Hey, stay in your lane, dude, you're a tech YouTuber. What the heck is, why do you need to talk about this? You know, as he says, the, one of the messages that he conveys in this video is the message of it is worse to not speak up than to lose your platform. And he just talks about how that was kind of like the ultimate decision for him. That's not a quote from him. That's just what I have summed up the message to be. But it is worse to not speak up than to lose your platform. Like that's an amazing stance to take. Yeah. And and obviously we are we we can't understand everything that he has experienced, everything. Uh this this is a movement that that is personal to the entire black community. And for any for anyone who hasn't experienced all of their experiences, for any, for for somebody like me who who's white, who's who has been privileged, I I have been privileged. Uh, for me to say that he should stay in his lane, or anything along those lines, like that's way out of my lane. That's yeah, exactly. So it, it is really cool to see that he is using his platform uh, for such an important cause, and he's doing it so well uh, that I mean, he he is. Um, sending a very strong message that even even people in in random industries, somebody who's a tech YouTuber, is going to to uh, make an effort to make a difference as well. Yeah, and he did something really cool. He actually um, shared a list of black YouTube creators in the description, and he gives a little preference that you shouldn't just follow them because they're black, but you should follow them because you like 
watching their content, but to also, you know, here's a, here's a list that you can look at if you want to go and support these people. So I'm just going to read that list off because I think that we should, you know, share the list as well. So yeah. your average consumer is a tech YouTuber, Caleb City. Both, both these people already I follow. Um, Caleb City is a comedy YouTuber. He's hilarious. He does short, like, three-minute clips with comedy. And it's so funny. Roberto Blake, he's a business YouTuber. Uh, Jake Slade is a shoe YouTuber. Crystal Laura, a tech YouTuber. Lamar Wilson, comedy and tech. Tech Me Out, tech. Morgan Cooper, filmmaking. Zach Anderson, tech. Star Talk, science. Miles Somerville, tech. RDC World One, comedy. Trevor Went, lifestyle. SKA Tune Network, music. Victor Kamanga, Kamanja, tech. Jarvis Johnson, commentary, Flossie Carter, tech. So I've heard of quite a few of these names, um, all wonderful creators. If you're a listener, uh, after this podcast, maybe scroll back to this part, pick a couple out and go and watch go and watch their content and give them some support. Um, if I could speak of two personally, I think that uh, Your Average Consumer and Caleb City, which I know they're the first two, but these are two that I've followed for a while now. And I think uh, specifically that like Caleb City's content is so hilarious and so, so worth watching. Yeah, and I actually just, while you were talking, uh, looked up uh, Morgan Cooper because I have never actually watched any of his videos. And because I'm into filmmaking, I just looked him up and I subscribed so that I uh, make sure I don't I don't forget to watch some of his videos. So, yeah, yeah I'd encourage anyone to, if there's if there's anything within that, that, that list, anything that sparks some interest, go find them, subscribe, and, and check out their videos. You, you don't have to engage with their content if you don't enjoy it. But if it's something that's up your alley, then then go find them. Yeah, give give show some support and and support those who have been able to build a platform um, for themselves and are now able to speak up on behalf of the entire black community. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to uh, creator two here. Courtney Blatcher, otherwise known as World in Four Days or The World in Four Days. She's an Instagram self-proclaimed black mom blogger, creator, creator of the World in Four Days travel and lifestyle mother daughter blog. That's a mouthful right there. Um, you know, as, as you know, Courtney Blatcher, she has a has a um, Instagram page with 42,000 subscribers. It's not the, the craziest amount, but what from you and I have learned from previous episodes is that 40,000 subscribe or followers, sorry, on Instagram is definitely enough to do something with. Yeah, yeah. It, it might not sound a lot compared to uh, Marquise Brownlee, who's who's got millions of followers on different channels. But forty-two thousand is a lot. You can you can really make a difference with forty-two thousand followers, and you you can make a living too. Yeah, exactly, and that's why that's why you know when I was doing the research for this, and I'm trying to think of some creators to pick out. I wanted to to grab a creator from Instagram, and and Courtney Blatcher really stood out specifically because she has taken such a vocal stance on the Black Lives Matter movement, and that is something that is. Um, so honorable, so impressive, so something to highly look up to during um, during this time and, and all time, to be honest. She's very, very clear with her stance in this uh, during this time. Um, and I just think that that was something that I was so impressed by because, again, you know, this whole stay in your lane kind of concept. She has a travel and lifestyle blog and, and you go and you click on her blog. It's the world in four. It's world. Sorry, it's world in four days dot com all spelt out. 
Um, you go and you find her blog and you read it and it's really like, oh, here's the best way to, to get airline credits, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or like, here's the best, here's the best, uh, food for, for family cookout night. And it's like, you think to yourself like, wow, this is, this is, you know, you look at her Instagram page and it doesn't seem like the two relate to one another, but then you get to know her and you realize like she's the core of the two. And, and she's using her platform for what she's passionate about and what she finds to be important. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how small your following is. Every, every single person has influence, whether it's on social media or in your personal life. We all have influence with some people. And so for, for her to have 42,000 uh, followers on Instagram and be using that so intentionally for such an important, important movement it's uh, cool to see and, and um, blogging is can be a really powerful platform too it can be sometimes social media can be a really uh, iffy place to actually change people's minds to make a difference but blogging tends to have a little bit more of an impact because you can go a little bit deeper into the subject yeah and you know with this whole concept of, of the size of your platform, um, I think that it's important for everybody who's listening to recognize that there is no platform too small. You know, our podcast yeah. has just begun. Our podcast is not, it's not a mega podcast. It's not reaching millions of people, but we instantly recognize like, hey, this is our platform. This is what we have to share the truth about Black Lives Matter, to share the movement, to share the cause, to share the purpose of it. Systematic racism in the US is a big problem. Systematic racism in the world is a big problem and it's about time for people to be speaking out you know it's it's been it's well overdue for people to speak out and to make a change not just to say and i i hear these arguments all the time that you know if we if we decide to take the time to you know stop talking about race stop mention stop bringing up different cultures or different things or this, then racism will just disappear it's not going to happen that way you, you don't it's not enough to just be not racist it's yeah. a time that we need to step up and be anti-racist, that we need to we need to confront those people who are actively racist. We need to stop racism in the system. We need to make a big change. And and, and Courtney Blatcher is somebody who has who has advocated for these things. Listen to this this thing that she that she wrote. I just grabbed a partial quote from her Instagram page, but it was a recent post that she had. It starts like this. It blows my mind that people can understand the trauma and long-term domestic violence, the trauma of long-term domestic violence, but can't seem to wrap their heads around a century of oppression and being made to feel like you're less. Mm. And that's the truth behind it is that is that people don't want to admit that systematic racism is a problem. And I know that that systematic racism isn't the only thing that needs to be that that needs to be changed from the black lives matter movement that's being pushed from the black lives matter movement but systematic racism is one of the biggest issues that plague society and needs to be changed the soonest arguably and, and i mean there's other there's other issues you know police reform and whatnot and we'll get into that a little bit later but looking at w what courtney is talking about like People can get their heads around around the long term trauma or the trauma from long term domestic abuse because it's there. It's in front of them. And I'm not trying to put that down or belittle that whatsoever. That's a serious um, issue. That's a serious thing to speak about. It's not something to take lightly. But we need to recognize that just because you don't see it in a way where it's so outwardly apparent to you, just because you, your view, your worldview can't perfectly see this doesn't mean it's not happening 
you know? Yeah. And, and the same, it's the same for domestic violence that just because you can't see it's happening doesn't mean it's not happening. It's the same for, for racism. Just because you don't experience it doesn't mean it's not happening. and doesn't mean that an entire century of a specific race hasn't felt oppressed and belittled and let down and, and told that they're less and treated like they're less and given less opportunities than, than any other race in this culture. Yeah. And, and some people also make the argument that it's improving. Things are improving. Yes, it's a century, but we've been gradually improving over that century. But that uh, it's such a, a deflection. It's such a cop out. Um, there, there is a real issue today of people being like, like she said in that Instagram post, being pay, being made to feel like she is less. They are being made to feel like they they are less, and we can't understand that. If, if you are not a black person who has experienced that for yourself, you cannot understand that. There is no, there is no uh, data behind it. There is no way to analyze uh, the numbers and say, well, the percentage-wise, it's happening this much versus a century ago it happened this much. There's no way to do that. We can't say uh, what is or isn't happening from our experiences. And, and so when we hear from people like Courtney who have had experiences— and I have a bunch of friends on Facebook who have been sharing their experiences. And it's been eye-opening for me because I haven't been in their shoes. And so it's such an important thing to talk about. And it's cool to see Courtney and these other influencers using their platforms to make a difference. Yeah, and it's 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 important for us to lift up these influencers. Influencers yeah. who have decided to use their platform, to leverage their platform, to take a stance on the right side of history. It is important for us as people, as consumers, to go out and support those platforms. I, I encourage every single person that's listening to go out and, and at the very least watch a video of MKBHDs. At the very least, go and like a picture of Courtney's or, or if you want to follow her account or, or open up her blog and read a blog post so you can understand her life. Um, and what, let's what get is, into our, oh, go ahead. Oh, what is Courtney's Instagram handle? Uh, Courtney Blatcher. Okay. And it's world. And then world in four days is her blog. So, so that's what it comes up as a, on Instagram too, yeah. even though it's at Courtney Blatcher. So it's C O U R T N E Y B L A C H E R. So go look her up. Yeah, go take a look, support her content. And let's get into our third creator here, our final one, um, Andrew Bachelor, otherwise known as King Batch. King Batch is a, if you've been, if you know anything about the world of short video clips, and you should know the name of King Batch. I mean, he was the biggest Vine account. He had 11.3 million followers on Vine, which was the number one account before the whole platform shut down overnight. Um, he now has 18 million TikTok followers. And even more notably, which I think is so impressive, is he's gained 19.7 million Instagram followers since his success on Vine. Wow. Yeah, King Batch is a, he's kind of a short, short uh, format comedy. Um, you know, YouTuber, creator, he's, he has a YouTube channel, he has a TikTok, he's got an Instagram, he's got a Twitter, I mean, he's all over the internet, he's known for his comedic, you know, uh, style and whatnot, and, and if I could reference somebody who's main, who, who's more into mainstream media than he is, that, that he reminds me of so much, it's Kevin Hart, you know, his, his huh. comedy, it just, yeah, it just comes I, off. I never like, thought about that, but I can totally see it. Yeah, exactly, so his comedy just comes off as, as lighthearted and funny and just, just, vibrant and it, everybody gets a smile from being around this guy mm -hmm. 
you could just tell. Um, something so impressive about King Batch is that he has uh, just unprecedented uh, crossover success. He he is not just a Vine. I mean, let me just talk about the fact that he he started on Vine and then he successfully rebuilt his platform or built his platform up on to- on all different platforms. You know, he has he has a huge Instagram to the point where it's bigger than his Vine was. It's bigger than his current TikTok is. He's got he's got a successful YouTube page. He's got a a very big TikTok following. So he has he has stood the test of time because we're talking about Vine is back when when I was in high school like you know sophomore year and i mean we're talking about you know quite a while ago and since then he has still been able to be completely successful by just you know he's got a name that people remember there are there are big vine stars that are no longer relevant um obviously king batch he's not one of them he's he's somebody who has built his platform onto different sites and different platforms different uh social medias but then even more so he is known for being in mainstream media now. He has become a full-fledged actor. Yeah. And he has crossover success with many film roles, including shows like House of Lies and Key and Peel and The Walking Dead. He has he has a uh, a, a reoccurring character in House of Lies. He's also been in in many movies. He was in uh this is kind of funny, but the comedy parody movie Fifty Shades of Black. <laughs> he uh, he had a role in that. And I, I've actually personally seen him in a couple movies. And I think that it's just every single time I see him, I think it's so impressive to see somebody who started out on Vine to really have made such a platform for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, because Vine is a platform that it didn't last a, a crazy amount of time. Uh, it was it was, it was a popular. Hot, quick burn. Yeah, it was popular for a little while, but um, when, whenever you're talking about building a platform online, one of the the risks is if the platform where you build an audience, if it dies out, you're at risk of losing your entire audience. And so, if you don't do a really good job of converting that audience to other platforms, which I think people are starting to do now, uh, very intentionally, whenever they get big on one platform, if you don't do that well you can just crash and burn with the platform but obviously exactly. he did not yeah he did a he did a standout job um and then let me just say you know i'm just going to get right into the thick of it is that uh king batch has in my opinion been one of the most outspoken black creators mm-hmm. during black life during this time of the black lives matter movement i mean he has just transformed his personal pages into black lives matter pages and you saw that when you were looking up his pages you saw i mean he his videos his his content has just completely shifted from hey there was a time where this where this channel this page this this platform was used for my comedy sketches but he has recognized that this is a time for change through the black lives matter movement and he has completely transformed his platform to basically be a hub of support for the black lives matter movement yeah and and that's like you said before when we when we were talking about uh i think when we were talking about marquise it it can be a scary thing to do because you've built this platform it's it's your living it's everything that your your whole life revolves around this platform and you you are taking it in a completely different direction uh talking about something that like you said some people consider controversial some people uh unfortunately might get tired of hearing uh, after after there has there have been uh, so many Facebook and Instagram posts about this topic. Some people might be like, "Okay, enough is enough," which is wrong. 
because who are we to say that enough is enough, you know? Um, like there's still an issue that needs to be solved, so it still needs to be mm-hmm. talked about. Exactly. But but all that to say, there is there is some there has to be some fear for these people who are shifting their platforms and using their platforms to talk about this because yeah. uh, you are you are uh, making a change and change is always scary. So it, it's exciting to see how he, he didn't only use his platform for this cause, but he has almost completely shifted gears. Yeah, and, and it shows, it, it simply shows how passionate he is and how important he feels this movement is mm-hmm. because you are not going to shift over your entire platform for something small. You're not going to 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 put your entire platform in the spotlight of something of a movement that means nothing to you mm-hmm. but just like marquis had 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 kind of conveyed in his message is that it is more valuable to speak up than or sorry it is it is worse to not speak up than to lose your platform and this is an opportunity where where king king batch has realized that it is more important for him to use his platform in support of the Black Lives Matter movement as an advocate, as a center point of the Black Lives Matter movement on the internet, at least, and and use it as that, than to than to not use it at all and just to keep that. You know, it, I I genuinely believe that his his heart behind it is that it would be it would be uh, sad and and useless to keep this platform if it wasn't used for the cause that it needs to be for these causes that need to be spoken up against. And yeah. And, and to me, like when I see somebody like King batch, who is obviously he feels very strongly about this movement. It's because he has had personal experiences that connect him with the movement that, that make it emotional for him. And, mm-hmm. and you can tell him in, in his videos that he is emotional about it. It's not just something that he like, you hear people talk about the media distorting information. What it's it's not like he just heard things on the news. He didn't just listen to to a, a media outlet and say like, "Oh, there's a problem here. I need to talk about it." You know, it's something that he knows personally. He's experienced, and uh, I can't say that from from uh, for certain of, of like him. It's not like I watched a video of him saying these are my experiences. Um, there might be a video of him talking about that. I haven't seen it. But you can tell that he is very uh, emotionally connected to this movement. Yeah, and he's passionate for it, and he's speaking out for his for his people, for his community, and he's 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 leveraging his entire platform. He's transforming and and and, and educating his followers to understand what the core of this movement is, what the purpose of this is, where where it derives from, and why it's so necessary. Uh, and I I appreciate that so much. Um, and that's why we're highlighting him again. We suggest that everybody, if you just look up King Batch on whatever platform, his name is big enough that you'll find it. And I suggest that everybody go and show him some support and show him some love and support the movement that he's supporting. Um, you know, one thing amazing that he did is he, through the the Team King Batch, he was able to um, receive a donation from Axe for $250,000 towards the Black Lives Matter movement, which is just an amazing impact on the movement. Yeah, yeah, and so it's not just talking, it's not just words, it's not just videos, but there, there's a real difference being made uh, beyond mm-hmm. beyond trying to influence people's uh, perspectives, their, their ideas, their thoughts. Uh, there's actually a practical difference that's being made, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, with raising money and, and making a difference for the cause. 
Awesome. So uh, let's we'll we'll just go ahead and and move on. We want we wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, some some overall ideas revolving around the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, first of all, the kind of the impact the, that the internet has had on platforms of Black creators, and how exciting it's been to see creators like these three that we talked about being successful. So, Jacob, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, something that I think is a, is so important is to recognize that that the internet is, you know, I, I guess I got to start back a little bit, but systematic racism is a problem that oppresses oppresses the voice of of the black community, and we've seen it for centuries. Obviously, we, you and I, haven't been alive for centuries, but for our entire lives, we can look back and we can recognize times where 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 systematic racism played a part in our lives. I mean, let me just give an example. You know, there's certain hate words that you're taught about, or or here's here's actually a better example. The other day, I saw a Facebook post that um, was from a. a person that I know and she had posted that as a kid she was taught more about um spaghetti strap uh tank tops being being scandalous than the (laughs) n-word you know and and the truth is and I chuckle at that because because it's so ridiculous it is so ridiculous that we live in a society where as a kid I grew up in a very in a very white town. I went to an all-white school I think there was probably one person of color in my entire school um and as a kid, we are taught so much more about the importance of so many things, the value of so many things than we are about about ending racism. You know, mm-hmm. I'm taught more I'm taught more about about slavery than I am taught about the purpose of ending current racism. Yeah. You know, which is it's of course, it's important to know history. But what is the point of knowing history if you're not actually utilizing that and leveraging that to change what you're doing right now? And for all the all the listeners i'm from a mixed race family i'm puerto rican i i'm not dark skin color whatsoever but i have this personal connection to an entire half of my family that is a different skin color of me my father my sister my brother my my uh stepmother all different skin color than me and they they convey the message to me that this is important if i were to just ignore Mm. their voices it would be it would be ridiculous it would be uh incredibly sad if i were to ignore their voices because because i haven't personally been called the n-word because it doesn't fit with my skin color but my family has my family has felt that oppression and i understand that 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 is something that even though this is what i (laughs) this is what i understand i don't understand what it's like to feel that oppression but i understand that because I don't feel that oppression doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be spoken out upon. Yeah. And the internet is probably a place now, let me just say the internet is a place where there's a lot of racism in the same way that, that people of the black lives matter movement can utilize the internet to gather their voices together. Racists can do the exact same thing. And that's a sad truth, but it's also a necessary evil to provide, to, to um, allow freedom of speech in that way. And the internet has given a platform to black to to members of the black community to black people more than anything ever created in our society ever mhm yeah and, and so it's it's exciting to see because because of the way that the internet works because of how building a platform works you see people who have built millions and millions of subscribers on youtube followers on instagram um tiktok etc and, and 
the, they have these huge platforms that they can they can make a difference. They can draw attention to this to these issues, and I think that's one of the reasons that over the past few weeks, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has been able to explode so much online because there is such a platform for Black creators who are passionate because of their experiences. They're passionate about this movement, and so. Um, if you're talking about 20, 30 years ago, it would take a lot more intentional effort to to organize, to coordinate in order to get this much of an impact. Uh, but because of the internet, mm-hmm. it made it, it, it streamlines a lot of that. And, and so it's, it's cool to see, like you're saying, um, the internet has given more of an opportunity for, for black people to create platforms and, and have influence than ever before. Yeah. And it's, it's, Amazing to to see black creators, black people with platforms, friends, family members who are who are black step out and use their platforms. And, and it's amazing to see any skin color using their platform to support mm-hmm. this movement because this is not a one race movement. Yes, we're speaking about Black Lives Matter, but ultimately what we're speaking about is that all races need to come together to support the black community because the black community has faced a unique amount of oppression that is unheard of in other communities. And and it's important that we all step up and we all use our voice and we all use our platform to support these people. Yeah. And and obviously that's why we we did this episode the way that we did it, because even though it's not something that we have um, obviously, you said you have you have family members who who are um, they have a different skin color than you, and so you have some close connections. And I have I have a lot of friends and and um, some family, not as much. Um, but even though we don't have those experiences personally as much as some of these creators that we're talking about, we do have some degree of a, a platform. Uh, maybe not maybe not eighteen million on on TikTok like King Batch. Um, but we do have a platform. We do have family and friends. We do have some people who follow us on social media, some people who listen to the podcast. And it would be very naive and selfish of us to not engage in the conversation. And that's why my wife and I have used our social media platforms, the, the audience that we've built, to um, engage as much as we can in a strategic way, not just trying to post a black square on Instagram to to feel good about ourselves to feel woke. Um, we're, we're not just trying to uh, kind of join along in the, the wave of people that are, well, it's the popular thing to do. It's the, the right thing to do. If, if you don't do it, everyone's going to hate on you for it. It's not about that, but it's about trying to find strategic ways to make a difference. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's, that's why we did the, the podcast like this, the way we did it, uh, just trying to find a way that we can use our platform to support creators uh, creators of color who who are making a real difference. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and um, share some donation links, some uh, uh, organizations that you can donate to. Of course, one of the best places that you can donate is blacklivesmatter.com. Um, if you click their little their little corner bar, it'll bring you to the, the donations. They, you know, very much are, are letting people know that it is urgent that, that this, the fund, that the movement is funded. Um, so you can go and you can donate at blacklivesmatter.com. Um, another organization that, um, I've been made aware of is called soul fire farm and it's soulfirefarm.org S O U L soul firefarm.org. And what they do is they actually are committed to ending racism and injustice in the food system 
which is amazing hmm. um, because you're looking at something that is probably goes over overlooked pretty often. But think of this really quickly. Um, how many black farmers do you know? If yeah. you know farmers, I mean, you know, I don't know a lot of farmers. So I, yeah, I can't I speak do. to I that. I grew up but. where there are farmers, and I will say I don't know. I honestly do not know one black farmer. Hmm. And and if you think of slavery, I think one of the first things that comes to mind is the farm industry, the the agriculture industry. And it is time that those who who would like to join the agriculture industry would like to play a role in that are able to, regardless of their skin color. And I'm not saying that that's not possible, but we definitely know that it's less less um common the yeah less common than for just the average white farmer so soul fire hmm. farm is committed to ending racism and injustice in our food system and they have a whole website that talks about the importance of this the value of supporting this movement it's creating jobs um it's allowing people to step out it's amazing it's really just amazing and they definitely would love donations they already talk about how they're getting an outpouring of donations um since the beginning of this um media wave of the black lives matter movement and they're appreciative of that but there's always room for more donations so you can go to their website soulfirefarm.org and you can donate to that cause uh thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast uh, we definitely encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button if you're on um spotify or apple Podcasts. specifically if you're on apple Podcasts, don't be afraid to rate the podcast that helps us grow so much also something that really helps us grow and helps the black lives matter movement grow in this specific episode is sharing the podcast um, that's something that is going to be of just you know, immeasurable value to us is just being able to share the podcast with those who you think would enjoy it, would love to listen, would love to join along in the conversation here. You guys are always welcome to join us. Um, go to the influencer breakdown podcast.com and follow our Patreon link to join us for the after show and to become a TIBP VIP. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and so uh, in, in this after show, we're going to be continuing this conversation in a little bit more of a uh, just back and forth dialogue with me and Jacob. And um, I, I just want to say one thing. So there is a, uh, you, you do have to subscribe on Patreon and it is a, a small monthly fee that supports us as creators to watch the after show, to listen to the after show. Um, but I, I do want to say before you do that, before you listen to our after show, before you join on Patreon, I would rather have you go to one of those donation links and and give to this cause that we're talking about so prioritize that after you do that we'd love to have you on the after show um but before you before you support us um in this episode before you support us go and support one of these these other creators go and support uh these causes that they are a real issue that needs to be solved so absolutely we genuinely believe that you're uh, money would be better suited supporting this cause that your money would do uh, much more um, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. So we absolutely suggest that you if it's between, you know, going to our after show and subscribing to that or supporting the Black Lives Matter movement with a donation, we definitely um, would rather that you go and do that.